0: Powered through the Alaska Airlines studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross.
1: Here we go now. All right, I got a little game to play here called The Cell, The Story, The Question. And this is specifically about the Mariners roster. Um, we are going to do this with a couple different guys. We're not going to get to every player today, but I figured we'd get to some that were kind of like the most fun to have this conversation with. So here's how it works. The sell is what makes this player so tempting. Where's the talent? What is it that when you're selling someone on this guy, you're like, hey, this is the potential. The story is easy. What's been the story of his career so far? And importantly, what's the story he is trying to write? The question, also obvious. What do we want or need to see? What's in the way? And what does he need to prove or overcome? Nice little setup, a way to look at kind of like uh, the potential and the challenge for all of the major players with the Mariners this year. So... Bump, I'm going to get started with an obvious name. If you were to think of any name where you were like, oh, this this fits in pretty well with what we're talking about, you would think of who?
2: So the cell. So where we're starting. I'm sorry the I cell. missed you. Oh, that's All okay. Right. Jared All
1: Kelnick is who, of course, All you're right. thinking oh, of because that's so easy. That's what you're thinking that's of. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. okay, go for it. So here's my example, and then you can uh, rattle off a player if you want, but so that I can showcase it for you guys. With Jared Kelnick, The cell is easy this is at one at one point someone who wasn't just one of the Mariners best prospects one of the best prospects in all of baseball ranked higher than even Julio Rodriguez for a moment people looked at Jared Kelnick and said oh my god this guy can hit he is great defensively got a great arm gold glove potential Uh, he's got all the tools and he has this really advanced great approach to the plate he flew through three levels in the minors back in 2019 obviously 2020 was what it was and and we didn't see these guys in the minors um and then in the end of 2020 if you guys remember in 2021 he does that interview with USA Today where he's like I'm pretty confident that uh that I could you know help this team or could have helped this team at the end of last year and that brings us to the story I don't know that he could have because so far he hasn't Jared Kelnick hasn't looked at this level at least like the Jared Kelnick that we saw in the minors Is it weird for a prospect not to pan out? Yeah, anyone who watched Dustin Ackley for the Mariners will tell you no. It is not weird at all that a prospect or a really, really high draft pick doesn't end up working out. But it is such a bummer because part of the story for Jared Kelnick has been that it's not injuries. It's not that he doesn't have the tools. It's that he can't tap into them at the right time, right? Right. He's kind of getting in his own way, which brings us to the question. Can Jared Kelnick get out of his own way and out of his own head in a way that can help this team?
2: Can he? I think that he can. And I think that because I'm seeing glimpses. Now, we can look at last uh, spring and say Kelnick did a good job last spring, made you believe. But the at-bats that I'm looking at, the audio that I'm hearing from this young man, um, I'm understanding his approach a bit more. It makes me believe that he can do this. And also, we need him to do do this. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to send good vibes his way. And he's had nothing but success throughout his career. This is the most, most he's ever been challenged as a baseball player. So we know that the talent is within him. You don't get to this point by accident, especially in baseball. Mm -hmm. I've seen people get to the league on accident because they big and run fast, but they can't ball. Talk about the NFL. (laughs) But in baseball, you cannot fake the funk. So because he's had so much success in his young career, starting from when he was a little bitty baby, hitting it off the the tee ball. Yeah, really. And and people knew that something was different about this kid. I think he's going to be able to do it.
1: Now, Jared Kelnick this morning with Brock and Salk had an interview. This is what he says he learned last year.
2: I learned when... I'm called upon to just do whatever
0: I can to help the team win, whatever it may be. Um, and I learned that I I learned how to put one foot in front of the other because it was, it was a grind for sure. Um, and when I got back up in September, I just got up there and I was like, you know, I'm just going to do anything. My job, I'm going to focus on just doing that. And, you know, I felt like I played well the last – that last like few weeks of the season and um you know that's that's probably the biggest thing that I learned
1: I think he really struggled in the playoffs so I'm gonna go ahead and like let him get credit for the final few weeks of the regular season but there were still some obvious issues late late in the season in the postseason I'm gonna instead focus on the very first thing he said there bump I want to help the team in any way I can like I've learned that I need to help the team in any way I can Jared Kelnick has been a guy that like has kind of spent most of his life racking up stats mm-hmm. and looking amazing for scouts and has never been part of a team that's playing for a huge thing the way that the Mariners are, did last year and are this year. Right. Now you're going in thinking, okay, well, I can't let myself think I need to be the hero because, frankly, I haven't been and maybe I can't be. I just have to be able to like hit a ball. Can I can I get to first? Can I get a single? Can I draw a walk like that's how you have to be thinking? It's it no longer is it. You need to look like the player we all thought you were. It's like, hey, get out there and just try to win the at bat.
2: There's a there's a mental shift going on for him. Could you imagine? I always describe baseball as the most individual team sport out there. Mm. It's a team sport, but it's you and the pitcher. When you're in the outfield, it's you and the ball. Dad, you might have to hit your relay or whatnot and do things like that. But for the most part, your individual performance affects the team greatly. It's not really connected to anything else. So he's been able to be an individual on a team sport for his whole career, bouncing around from select team to select team, positioning yourself to get to this moment. And now you have Julio, who's the face. you got all these other guys. Your job now is just to be part of the team and come through when we need you and not do too much right now. You just help this team out. And that has to be a huge shift for this young man. And, again, I'm going to echo it. I think that he can do it because I've seen talented dudes, with messed up mentals performed is because they're extremely talented. Yeah. I think that because he realizes the mental struggles that he's has, he's changed his environment during the offseason. He went from Wisconsin. Now I'm down in California. I'm down in yep. Arizona. I'm trying different things. I'm seeing results. I think he's going to tap into that place that he needs to be to help this ball club win games.
1: I think that last point is the one that gives me hope because he actually did something different this offseason. Mm-hmm. It's not like, hey, I'm kind of doing the exact same thing, but I'm telling you to expect different results, in which case you just have to have faith in someone. Yep. No, this is, hey, I recognized that um, an environment here in California and Arizona with these coaches might be a better environment for me in the offseason and then did that. So we'll see what the outcome is. You can't, you know, discount it yet when you haven't seen it. So that is my pick. Uh, Bump, do you have one for yes. the sell, the story, the question?
2: Yes. Okay. The sale. So I'm selling this guy to everybody, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. The sale mm-hmm. is Mr. Evan White.
1: Ooh, Evan White. The sale. Like
2: Not only can this man play first base. He can play an outfield now. We all know that you need some outfielders, man. These guys run around, they tweak ankles, they do all this basketball. Except for Julio, he's going to be completely healthy this whole year. But Evan White is a guy who is known for his glove. He's versatile. He plays first, second base. He's having a great spring so far. He went yard the other day. This guy can help this team. You're going to need a guy to spell Ty France. Carlos Santana is no longer here. Who's going to be the guy to give Ty France a break at first base? You got to look at Evan White and say, "Okay, the story going way back to Ohio. This guy's from Ohio, played at the University of Kentucky, was balling out over there. Then he gets drafted number 17 overall pick, overall number 17 pick. He goes to the Aqua Sox. He has a decent time out there. He had an OPS of 877 in 14 games. And you know what? On July 24, 2020, he's the starting first baseman for your Seattle Mariners. What happens? He gets banged up, he gets hurt, but he wins a gold glove along the way. So he's done a lot of things. You you spend money on him early. You say, look, we want to lock him down early because we see potential in this guy. But he cannot stay healthy. And that is the thing with Athletes, if you are not on the field, then you're no good to the organization. They love you when you're on the field making plays, 25-25 club. You're out there, um, you're an all-star, you're in the home run derby. The organization loves you, but when you are not available for service, they start to look at you different. You mm-hmm. walk by, they're like, oh, that's Evan. He ain't never on the field. Oh, you know, the Evan, vibe, I don't know The vibe I'm just starts that. to Yeah, Guaranteed they've said that, oh, Stacey. No. This is the reality of sports. I know, I just hope
1: it's not. This is
2: how this goes down. All right, so I got the sale. I got the story. What's my next part?
1: Uh, the question, the sell, the story, the question. Sell the
2: story, the question. And the question
1: could be the one that uh, either an obstacle or the question that he wants to answer. The
2: question is, I just already said it, just being on the field. Yeah. Right. Taking care of your body. Can you stay healthy? And then when your number is called, when Ty needs a break, when uh, Teoscar, Julio, whoever's in outfield, AJ, they need a break. Right. If they want to use you and put you out there, Can you flip the switch and go from an infielder to an outfielder? I think he can do that. So, Evan White, I'm rooting for you, buddy. We need you, my dog. Go ahead and stay healthy.
1: Evan White also offering you another potential option in your outfield, too, where you don't have a lot of depth. In fact, when we were talking about – Uh, like the most important Mariner not named Julio. And you said JP just because of the number of uh, appearances he's going to have for the team.
2: And how many dudes they passed up.
1: Exactly. And it's affected their offseason decision making. I said Luis Castillo because he's your ace and pitching is the most important thing you can have uh, for a World Series team. Teoscar Hernandez was almost the choice I made because Mm -hmm. your outfield without Teoscar Hernandez suddenly becomes an all-star and then question marks. Right. On either side and you're a little Mm -hmm. bit nervous um so having just someone else who can be there and look good i mean evan white just hit a home run uh i we've heard jerry depoto say that he's been one of the most impressive people in camp so far um who knows you know what role he's going to have initially with this team just knowing that he's healthy and potentially able to change that narrative and change that story is really really big Um, I mean, I I love both of these options, and some of these aren't going to be as simple. Like, I was trying to think last night of like, okay, you know, which players can I really do this for? Like, I'm not looking at Dylan Moore going, the sell, the story, the question. Like, Dylan Moore's role is to be exactly who Dylan Moore has been, which is like, you know, help out with a platoon at second, be able to help out, you know, at short with JP sometimes. You know who he is? He's a a perfect utility guy.
2: Remember we talked about Terrell Buckley? Yeah. When he said, nobody, we need new guys out there. Yes. Demo's a guy where Skip looks at the bench like, "Who we got?" Demo, you played everything. You go out there and you start. You give us some time best, for
1: you to get time your for you to
2: go out there and do your thing. Demo, wherever we need you. Yeah. So I
1: don't. So with like Dylan, uh, I didn't really have one of those. But like, you could do this with like, like let's do this with Julio, which I think is a little tougher. The cell with Julio is it's tough incredibly obvious. It's right. I'm like, interested. What you got? Okay, for okay. This one? So here's my here's my try. Uh, what I'm struggling with is is the question, but I think I have one. All right. The cell with Julio. Is obvious. Julio is has the fourth best odds for AL MVP for a reason mm-hmm. because he is absolutely exceptional. One of the best true rookie seasons of any player in MLB history. MLB history, right? Oh, the, uh, world, Craig. The, <laughs> the world, the <Craig. laughs> world. Uh, he's absolutely phenomenal. Has every single weapon you could want from someone, and I think too, like has the right mindset. Like this is a guy that changed himself from like this chubby catcher <laughs> to like a an amazingly athletic center fielder because of sheer willpower and dedication and um, he you know can uh, hit for power he steals bases he's fast like he does everything you could want he's got a great attitude um, he's uh, your, your perfect leadoff hitter he's I mean he is one of the best players on we just talked about the DR's lineup for the World Baseball Classic being absolutely stacked he's one of the best guys there mm-hmm. like it's that says something in Itself. The cell is simple. The story is that he's been exactly that. The story is that for all the expectations you had about them, he continued to surpass them. I cannot get over that um series against God, uh, was it the Rangers? Do you guys know this offhand? When did he hit the Grand Slam?
0: That was against Texas.
1: Against Texas. And when he did that, I thought this guy There is no question left to answer. Like in theory there is because he's so young. But like I no longer think it's hyperbole to say is this the next generational talent? Not the next Griffey but the next kind of surreal superstar that this team has had. Like Mm -hmm. I thought at that point I thought it's no longer stupid to wonder if he can be that. Now he hasn't proven it but it's no longer dumb to wonder if he can the question is where I'm a little stumped. There are plenty of questions Julio has left to answer, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, make sure that all your base running and, and decisions about when to steal are smart. <laughs> um, uh, can you be even more consistent defensively? But it feels like the questions when I'm thinking of Julio are nitpicking that there must be a better question.
2: I got a question. Yeah. How do you handle fame? Ooh, How do you handle so money? That's so much
1: better than my question. How do you
2: handle being one of the faces... In the MLB, how do you handle being the guy here in Seattle? It is it is Julio Rodriguez, number 44. He is the marquee name out here. Does that change your approach? Now, you got, you got a lady now. She's an athlete. I would say, hey, are you going out a bit more? But I mm-hmm. would like to think, because she is one of the best at what she does, you want the best that you do. You guys hold each other accountable, and you're grinding, and you're working out. That's always a question when it comes to young men and women who get a whole bunch of money. I got a nice little signing bonus. Nothing like what these guys are playing. Man, I tricked off 1500 within three hours.
1: <laughs> oh, it would take me. I'd be at the mall in 30 minutes, and it'd be gone. It'd, it'd be, be gone. like It would be stupid. So I
2: think that's going to be the biggest question for Julio is can he handle what he's created
1: that's such a good one that's a perfect that's exactly what this exercise is for we're going to do this with a couple other players kind of as the week progresses again not every player you know God love Dylan Moore is my example of someone that like we don't need to do this exercise for because he's been so consistent we know who he can be and uh, and I don't know that he's facing a question like could he be the next great second baseman it's just you know can you keep doing what you were doing last year and do a great job yep. but for some of these other pieces, I kind of like it. We've got some pictures to get to. So we'll continue with that exercise uh, again. We'll try it tomorrow, uh, probably later this week as well. Right now, let's get to Headline Rewrites. <laughs>
0: extra, extra, read all about it. Headline, headline rewrites. rewrites. We must make headlines. The real story behind the headlines in today's news with Bumble Stacy. <laughs> headline number one. It started with. Jeremy Fowler reporting that Sean Desai has emerged as a strong candidate for the Eagles defensive coordinator job. Pete Carroll later in a media scrum today said that Desai is in fact on his way to Philadelphia to become their DC. So what's the real?
1: Yeah, it sounds like the Seahawks are now emerging as a strong candidate for needing a new associate head coach. What does the loss of Desai really mean? Because important to know it's not a coordinator you're losing, but you did see some pretty marked market improvement in the passing defense this year. Was it Carl Scott? Was it great corner play? Was it Sean Desai? I mean, what did you see bump?
2: I think you're going to lose another reliable opinion A guy who works hard and helps his team prepare. But hopefully in a year, Carl Scott has learned from him. Uh, Clinton Hurt has learned from him. And everyone else has. He was in this position to make this move. Right? P-Girl does a great job of bringing guys in, showing them the ways, the lay of the land, and saying, you go ahead and fly. You go ahead and be your own. Literally, you're going to the Eagles. You go fly. Right. I I think this move was inevitable, but I'm okay because of Carl Scott and Clint Hurt. I think they'll be fine. And I wish the side luck over there.
1: Absolutely.
0: Headline rewrites. Headline number two a pair of starting quarterbacks have been released in the last 24 hours. Washington cutting Carson Wentz and wins. In Atlanta moving on from Marcus Mariota. What's the real headline? Great
1: news for fans looking for a more affordable alternative to Geno Smith. Now, Ooh. do I want to pay someone who isn't my young star quarterback of the future a lot of money? No. Uh, Geno Smith is asking for that in-between money where you're not giving him like 40, 45, 50 million. You're still paying him 30 plus. I would assume minimum what the franchise tag would be which is 32-4. Mm-hmm. That's a big chunk of change to face after paying him what was essentially a one-year $7 million deal after he hit all of his incentives. And it was initially like three five or something. That is a huge jump. Congratulations for Gino. It's hard to stomach for fans. So I understand the hesitancy and I understand the temptation to go either younger or cheaper at quarterback. What I will say, though, is that when you cut money out from that role, there is risk that you're assuming. If you go with a young guy that you draft, maybe he ends up being a superstar, but you got to deal with those rookie learning curves. If you go with a cheaper veteran, what you're dealing with is someone who's going to lose you games. And I know, Bump, that people are going to point to Gino and say, what about the second half of the season? Which I think is an unfair narrative about mm-hmm. the second half of his season that ignores a lot of other things that were going on with the team, but also ignores just how much a Marcus Mariota could cost you or a Carson Wentz could cost you. You think Gino turns the ball over? Wait till I tell you about Carson Wentz.
2: Ooh Carson Wentz. Here's the thing about Carson Wentz, too. This dude was getting paid $26 million, I want to say, yeah, that was around a there. Yeah, cap hit. I As don't know cap about hit. the, yeah. So we'll say roughly $18, $18 million, sure. right? For $18 million, this is what you get out of Carson Wentz. You get 62% completion rate. Not bad. You get 11 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, in 8 games. That's half the season. All right, slice Geno's season in half. Take the best or the worst. However you slice it, it's probably still better than Carson Wentz. So you want to stick with Gino. If you want to pay a guy cheap, you're going to get cheap performance. I'm not with that. I'm riding with Gino and I see them drafting a the quarterback if they they feel the need to.
1: I'm so curious to see whether it's all just gamesmanship to try to get a team like Carolina to trade up and swap picks with five and nine, or if John Schneider really is thinking, hey, I've never had money like this before. I've never had a pick like this before. No. I'm thinking different now. This is new me, new John. (laughs)
2: 2023, who this? (laughs)
1: Yeah, Exactly.
2: Headline We Write. Headline
0: number three LeBron James is feared to miss several weeks with a right foot injury he sustained in Sunday's win over Dallas. What's the real headline? But
1: we know someone with a shower bench that he can use. Yeah, we do. In the meantime, Bump, we gave you such a hard time earlier this morning for it. You know what it was? I should take that back. We only gave you a hard time because you deserved it because you made it seem like it was just a regular shower bench. I just have a normal bench in my shower. a regular
2: shower bench. What do you mean a
1: regular shower bench, Bump? There is no regular shower bench. (laughs) If you have a bench in your shower, you have a giant shower, which means you probably have a giant home. You're living nice, okay?
2: LeBron is too big to fit in my. He's 6'9", right? (laughs) 5'11". My wife is... Five, three, and some Skittles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's a whole different world for a LeBron. It's a different world. You know, we don't, we don't live by LeBron standards. It's a shot, And there are a lot of people who texted in who have shower benches as well. Who
1: has a shower bench? If you have a bench in your shower, I want to know, you know what, you're thi- if you live in, like, a mansion.
2: You're thinking like a...
1: No, I'm a not. Show, I'm thinking... No, like no, no, no. no. I'm bench. thinking a bench in your shower. Like, a bench... Is so, in there <laughs> when I
0: had my ankle surgery coming up on two and a half years ago, we had to get a bench, like a medical bench to put in the shower so I could sit That's on it. That's not what I'm
1: thinking. I know.
0: You're thinking
2: like.
1: I'm thinking like, like tile. Of, like I am thinking that your shower was created to where people could lounge and sit.
2: You could sit on it.
1: That's insane. I mean, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. If I were to redo my home, would I make my shower this like giant oasis? Yeah, I would. Um, However, it's just I would say there is no standard for that. It's like saying I mentioned it earlier, but it's like saying there's like a standard Benz, which someone then corrected me on. They were like they were like, there is a standard Mercedes. I was like, I don't. This is a luxury brand to me.
2: Yeah, I don't drive a Mercedes. I I know nothing about that life. No. (laughs) Stacey and her. Chevy Cruze, right?
1: Okay, again, I feel like all of today has been calling me out for things. Like, first it was my Apple Pen, which isn't an Apple Pen. It's like a fake We were off complimenting
0: brand. your car the other day because it's it's like kind of what you get if you rent a car. And yes. rental cars are always nicer than what you normally drive. Yeah,
1: it's like a very classic, like uh, probably like the most common rented car that you would get. It's just yeah. standard. That's standard. That's just chill. You know what I mean? It gets the job done. It is the Microsoft Word. You're not (laughs) off-roading or anything
0: in it. No, I don't need
1: anything fancy. It gets me from one place to another, and sometimes I feel like I'm physically exerting myself going up a hill, and that's really the only (laughs) – Does it roll
0: back if you're on a hill No, but I do that
1: thing that people do when, like, you know when you're driving up a steep hill that your car is not going to roll back. Like, unless you've got, like, a stick and it's older and it's, like, kind of struggling. Like, you know that your car – Is not going to roll back. That your car has an engine inside of it that is it is not exerting physical strength. You feel in your brain as though you are like you know when you drive up a hill and you lean forward like you're climbing the hill. (laughs) Does anyone else do that? Like they feel like if they sit back in their car they're gonna like make the car fall back.
0: I've trusted my brakes, so uh, no. I I just this
1: weird (laughs) mental thing happens to me where like you feel like you are physically exerting yourself when you drive up a hill, even though you are doing nothing. A little bit, (laughs) even though you're doing literally nothing. I'll put, car I'll put two like,
0: feet on the brake if I'm like stopped on a hill. Yeah, sure, I don't, I'll do that. I don't
1: know how else to explain it other than sometimes when you drive up steep hills. It's like kind of stressful, even though nothing's <laughs> happening to your car. I just it is what it is. Uh, all right. This hour of Bump and Stacey is brought to you by Muckle Shoot Casino. We're going to take a look around the rest of the NFL. Pete and John weren't the only two people we heard from at the Combine. We've got some other stuff that you guys are all keeping an eye on. We've got the Sports Star of the Year Awards later tonight. We're going to tell you some of those nominees and talk about who we think should win. And then Bob Condota is going to join us to tell us his updates from the NFL Combine. Don't go anywhere.
0: Bump and Stacy,
1: powered through the Alaska Airlines
0: studios on Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost.
1: All right, taking a look around the NFL. We are going to start with uh, two announcements from earlier today. One, Browns and Jets have been has been announced as the Hall of Fame game. Uh, if you guys are like me, you probably don't watch the Hall of Fame game. If you are like Michael Bumpus and you have an addiction to football, you will be watching. So, Bump, this news is for yep, you. Thank you. You got it. Uh, also, uh, Leonard Fournette is being released. Tampa Bay in full-on rebuild mode right now. Congratulations to your Carolina Panthers, by the way, continuing to have that path paved to the division title.
2: Yeah, they're ready. I'm telling you, started from the bottom. They now they're will be here. here. Let's now go. they're here.
1: Uh, all right. So now i have got to get to some quotes that we heard from uh, GMs and head coaches from the combine. I'm going to start with this one. Uh, I have been guilty of using bad analogies before you can't help it. It's just like what happens. Um, however, I don't love this one from Ran Carthon, who uh, went from a director of player personnel, I believe with the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously he's now GM with the Tennessee Titans. I get to the f- that he is speaking to a Titans fan base that is used to a very particular type of football. I don't love this analogy though. It's cute and sexy to play golden state warriors football in September and October. Ran said when the weather is good, but the teams that play in January play tough defense and run the football. Now, Football heads, especially like old players, will mm-hmm. tell you that's true. And I, well, I believe players, you know what I mean? Like I've never played the game. When guys come out, you know, whether it's Wyman, whether it's uh, Ray, you know, whoever, and say like, hey, you win by being able to be physical late in the year. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Should she be using the Golden State Warriors as the best example, a team that is incredibly successful? They have four rings. Hey, I think it's been working out for them. And if you're trying to say finesse doesn't work or compare, you know, a Golden State Warriors team to maybe a team that goes for threes, meaning a team that's passing a lot or high scoring, well, I can think of a team that is that team, and they just won a Super Bowl in the Kansas City Chiefs.
2: Yes, they did. Threw for three touchdowns on that. Here's what's crazy about that. I'm looking at the Super Bowl stats as you're describing, because Kansas City is clearly – the Golden State Warriors. You can call the Philadelphia Eagles, whoever else. It was kind of like a rover reversal there, too, for that game. Jalen Hurst threw for 304 yards. Meanwhile, Pat Mahomes throws for 182. But to just say that you have to be able to... You have to be a running team to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that's necessarily true, but you have to pose the threat to be able to run the football. That's the difference.
1: Yeah, well, and like another thing, too, that you have to consider is there is an example of running team people can point to, like the Philadelphia Eagles. I know you're kind of mentioning this already, but I want to kind of stay on that lane and say, oh, well, the Eagles were able to run the ball, and they were able to play great defense. You're right, but they also had exceptional wide receivers, Mm -hmm. and they, you know what I mean? Like, it's not As simple as if you can run the football and be tough and play tough football, then you can win. We saw plenty of examples of teams that can do that uh, that haven't been able to do it consistently late in the season because they struggle with the finesse. They struggle with being able to have uh, consistent passing. Looking at you, Tennessee, as being a team whose quarterback situation has frankly cost you late. Like when you aren't able to run the ball, if Derrick Henry gets hurt or you're playing a team that's scoring a ton and you need to find the end zone and passing is just a more efficient and quick way to do that... You can't have a guy that turns the ball over. You also need to be good with that. You need to be the Warriors there.
2: You have to be able to run the football when you need to run the football. Um, I kind of agree with them, but not completely. And then, as Curtis pointed out, don't use the Golden State Warriors as an example because I just would not. all they do is win. <laughs>
1: I frankly would not. Uh, all right, I mentioned Why to Why would you want your team to, to be, be like this to. dynasty
0: <laughs> when you can run the football?
1: I just, I, I get what he's saying. You got to be able to run it.
2: We agree. You, you have, have to, be to be able to run it. to like, Again, I
1: hate this take. I hate this take. And Rand knows significantly more about football than I do. This is just me picking apart an analogy he's using, not his knowledge. But I hate the take of you can't play I, I hate the idea of making passing the football this finesse soft type of football yeah when uh, when I look at DK Metcalf uh, or AJ Brown uh, or look back at Calvin Johnson like there's plenty of examples of tough football players that are a huge part of passing offenses like I just I the oversimplification of if you pass your weak and soft and if you run the ball you're tough ignores a not only how tough and efficient passing can be but how Smart and efficient running can be, too. Yeah. It's not just about downhill running. Sometimes you can have great running schemes. Look at you, Kyle Shanahan.
2: Kyle Shanahan, GT pools, uh, zones. You just got to have it in your bag. You just can't ignore the run. Got to have it in your bag.
1: All right. Uh, Let's get to uh, some more of what John Schneider um, had to say. He was answering questions about the Russell Wilson stuff, and he was asked if he was surprised by Russell Wilson's play in Denver and says, yes, I was. End of comment. That's it. (laughs) Look, both he and Carol decided to take the high road with this one.
2: Why even even dive into that? There's no benefit at this point of getting emotional about something. No. The trade was made. You won the trade. You got the number five pick. Russell's gone. He's trying to figure things out. You hit on your draft last year. You have a quarterback that you're probably going to franchise or keep for a year. You are in a good place.
1: All right. Uh, Well, the Seahawks mentioned that they're going to be exploring both keeping Geno and potentially drafting a quarterback at number 5 overall. Again, maybe they're just having some gamesmanship and trying not to show their cards. A smart move at the Combine. Another team, though, looking at quarterback. This will not surprise you. John Lynch told reporters at the Combine that the 49ers might add a veteran quarterback uh, as both Trey Lance and Brock Purdy return from injuries. No surprise at all.
2: Nah, no surprise at all. I mean, man, Brock Purdy. If he could run it back, if he could look anything like he did that rookie season, you know, we're going to hear even more this year. You don't need a quarterback to win games, but, you know, you do need a great run game, some weapons on the outside, a defense that's stellar and a coach who understands how to get these guys open. But I'm rooting for Brock Purdy, just not when they play the Seahawks. Here's the
1: thing with Brock Purdy. If Brock Purdy continues to play really well and is able to be kind of an answer for the 49ers, do you think Brock Purdy, when it comes time to negotiate a new contract, is going to say, Phew. It's the final pick of the draft. You pay me what you think is fair, John. Nah, gonna Absolutely say, not. He's going to say, pay me. He goes,
2: he goes, I was the final pick of the draft. Yes. I might need a bit more because I outperform Exactly.
1: It's not a story about you can just get whoever at quarterback if your team's great. What it becomes is a story that Brock Purdy was quite the find and the 49ers weren't expecting that. Like, why? I, I don't know why. It's really cool when you can find a quarterback late. right? Russell Wilson's story was very cool. I don't mm-hmm. care what you think about Russell Wilson now. Like, It was a very cool story. Tom Brady's story story obviously the coolest story being able to find a quarterback I mean hell any talent but especially a quarterback that late and have him be a franchise guy is an exceptional find but it's a find it's not a rule it's an exception
2: yep it's an exception good for you Brock
1: yeah I just I, I I honestly I hope he does well it makes the Trey Lance thing that much more interesting you though think Trey could be on the move to another team speaking of Rand Carthon you think he could be going to Tennessee
2: Who's that? Trey Lance. Oh, yeah. Trey Lance. You got um our guy. You just quoted him. I'm sorry about the uh, Golden State Warriors, the new uh, GM over there. Uh, Carthane. That's mm-hmm. his name? Carthane? Ron Carthan.
1: Ron Carthane.
2: Ron Carthane? I, Carthane. Sure Carthane. Sorry for disrespecting Sorry, you. Sorry, Ran. Don't want to do that. Uh, but yeah, you go where there's some familiarity. And if I'm the 49ers, man, I'm getting rid of Trey. I'm getting rid of Trey. Mm-hmm. Use him for draft capital. You know, Tennessee needs a quarterback. They want to cut Ryan Tannehill. I think he's responsible for like 27, 28 million on the books right now. Move some things around. Robert Woods didn't work out. You got Traylon Burks, a right receiver that you could use. Derrick Henry's on his last leg as a, as a running back. You got to set things up to win right now and i think you go ahead and grab a grab tray
1: all right the seattle sports star of the year awards are tonight uh that award show begins i believe at 6 p.m we're gonna have coverage uh, of this i'll tell you everything you need to know about that coverage and also the nominees coming your way next
0: Bumping Stacy,
1: powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios on Seattle
0: Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross.
1: Don't forget tonight, you can join me, Stacy Ross, and Michael Lefko for a special one-hour show. It starts at six p.m., six to seven p.m. live from Media Row at the eighty-eighth annual Sports Star of the Year Awards. The show will be streamed live on SeattleSports.com, and will include special guests from the Seattle sports community. We are very, very excited to talk to some of these men and women uh, who are being honored. So uh, for the Seattle Sports Star of the Year Awards, you have like honors that are already going to people. So for instance, the Paul G. Allen Humanitarian Award is presented every single year. This year, it's going to Doug Baldwin. So Baldwin will be in attendance as an outspoken advocate um, for a ton of stuff during his career, but also uh, work to create the NFL Players Coalition, which improves social justice and racial equality. Um, He's also done stuff in the community Community with policing, like all all kinds of amazing stuff. So he's going to be honored tonight. Uh, Jen Mueller, friend of the program, is going to get the Keith Jackson Media Excellence Award. So all kinds of amazing stuff. Then you have nominees for Sports Star and Sports Story of the Year. So, for instance, there's like men's and women's categories. So Sports Star of the Year, you have like Jewel Lloyd. This is in the women's sports. Jewel Lloyd nominated. uh, Rose Lavelle. uh, Western Washington Soccer, who won the women's NCAA Division II championship. Um, uh, You've got Nevin Harrison. You've got Sports Star of the Year for the men uh, nominated. Sports Story of the Year. So um, I thought we would start with some uh, Sports Story of the Year. And then work in reverse order uh, and figure out kind of like either talking about these stories or kind of like who we think deserves it. All of them are obviously deserving nominees. Only one will win. So here we go. Sports Story of the Year is awarded to like a major event in Seattle. So um, major events of Seattle is actually one of the nominees. Uh, so this would be like the All Star Game coming here, the Winter Classic, um, the FIFA World Cup Men's Soccer Tournament games at Lumen Field are all kind of grouped together for one nominee. So for me, this is pretty big.
2: Oh, so we're we're giving so, awards to things that haven't happened
1: yet. But it's like the award is recognizing these major events that are coming to Seattle. So. So the actual nominee, like the story that is being nominated, is Seattle as a premier sports destination for national and international things. So that's one of the nominees is Seattle as a major event city. Another nominee, this one is probably what I would turn to because it was uh, a huge moment in my life. The Mariners making the postseason for the first time in 21 years. That's
2: got to be it. Right? That has to be it. Okay,
1: so I'll tell you the other ones, which are also huge. Obviously, uh, you have the Rain, the OL Reign, uh, winning the NWSL, uh, breaking a ton of records. You have the Sounders uh, winning the CONCACAF Champions League. And then you have U- UW football standout season. Those are the other three nominees, all deserving, all deserving nominees. In addition to the major events to Seattle as its own category, Mariners making the postseason, no disrespect to the rain, to the Sounders, to UW football. The Mariners making the postseason broke the longest drought in North American professional sports.
2: Yeah, I think I got to go with the Mariners right there. You know, a close second. I thought UW in there winning 11 games. You got a new head coach over there. He changes the game, over Michael Penix. But no, I got to go with the Mariners. 20 years in the making. You were just a little girl the last time. I I
1: was like, I think I was like... Two years old. Yeah, probably. you were
2: extremely young.
1: The last infant. these
2: guys had success was a while ago, and then you did it in dramatic fashion too. It wasn't just oh yeah, you, you just jogged. No, into you had the to playoffs, do it with that you know pinch hit, hit
1: home run, cow
2: like, going deep. It was just um, it was beautiful to to be a part of, and I'm thankful for that too, man. To have to have the job that we have, and then have that happen this year, that yeah. was awesome.
1: Someone said, "Bump, I'm nominating you for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence." <laughs>
0: I don't know if <laughs> writers are uh, <laughs> eligible this late in the balloting process. Uh, yeah.
1: All right. Sports star of the year in men's sports. Here are your nominees Jordan Eberly. Of the Seattle Kraken, obviously. Jordan Morris, Seattle Sounders FC. Shout out Jordan Morris, who also appeared in the World Cup. Michael Penix Jr., uh, who led the nation in passing. Julio Rodriguez, obviously Rookie of the Year. Geno Smith, obviously for Comeback Player of the Year through the Associated Press and um, the uh, Pro Football Writers of America.
2: Dang. So to me, it's out a Gino, at a Julio. Are great categories, and uh, there was no, and, and Michael Penix. So I think, yeah, Jordan Everly,
1: Jordan Morris, Michael Penix, Julio, Gino.
2: Michael Penix led the nation in passing yards. Julio, all star, won the home run derby in all actuality, but we'll let him live. And then Everly, Everly, Everly uh, yeah. for the Kraken.
1: Yes,
2: uh, man, I gotta go with. I'm gonna go Julio. I think because of I think you got to connect those two awards, right? We're going with the Mariners' um, twenty in the drought for one award. I think you got to go with Julio because he was a huge part of that, especially the way he started off his season. He was struggling, we're well, not struggling. The Umps were doing him dirty. He figured some things out. Um, has a performance that All Star Weekend brings eyes back to the the mm-hmm. region. I got to go with Julio with this one.
1: <sighs> I think if I'm giving the award for sports story to the Mariners breaking the drought, then I probably it would follow would go with Julio. So I'll, I'll echo you on that one. I think that um, Morris has a great case to make and Gino have, has a great case to
2: yeah, make. They're all um, worthy.
1: I mean, that's the entire point. Uh, all right. Last one here. Sports star of the year in women's sports. I mentioned a couple of these names to start, but we'll go over it. So uh, Western Washington soccer is grouped together as an entire team because it's obviously the women's team that won the women's NCAA Divisional Two championship. Uh, you have Jewel Lloyd for the Storm, who was phenomenal. Rose Lavelle for the rain. Bailey Klingler uh, for UW softball. Nevin Harrison. Nevin Harrison Nevin. has been yeah. – I th- <laughs> I might go Nevin. Nevin, I think, has been nominated before. She is only 20 years old, obviously local. She's from Roosevelt High School, but she's been like absolutely dominating events. Um, so she's going for Olympic gold uh, in 2024 in Paris, already a gold medalist winner. And she's a name that I don't know how many people are as familiar with. Like you are far more familiar with Jewel Lloyd than you probably are with Nevin Harrison, um, who obviously is with an Olympic sport. She's younger, but like she – what she's been able to do at a young age, I believe having been previously nominated as well, is so mm-hmm. impressive to me.
2: 18 years old. I, I had the, uh, the privilege of meeting this young lady, and um, her maturity is crazy. Her focus is crazy. She looks like she can beat anybody up. She's strong as heck. But I want to throw in Washington State Cougars cheerleading team for winning the national championship the other day. Uh, but they're not nominated, but I'm going to go at Devin.
1: Yeah. Someone said, I get you all are the home of the Mariners, but that's some serious sucking up for saying they have the best story. What? Why what do you it? want me to say? Just my
0: opinion. <laughs> it's just what do you want me opinion? to say? Yeah, they only made the playoffs. Ah, after two decades. got some serious
1: <laughs> sucking up. Yeah, I mean, you've been, I
0: mean, one rookie of the year. Born and born
1: and raised in uh, in Washington State, but I mean, what's it? What's <clears> it to you? <laughs> God, get over yourself, seriously. I thought it was an amazing Whoa. story. You can recognize that a, a team isn't flawless, and also say that what they did was probably one of the biggest story in sports this year. Certainly locally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't sure. know. I don't know what to tell you. I you thought it was what, but like, here's
2: the thing. Entitled to your own opinion. Go ahead. Live your life. Uh you're entitled to your you own opinion, live. but I
1: will tell you if it's a bad opinion, because <laughs> people don't hesitate to tell me if mine are bad. So that's uh Facts. that's on you. Yeah. Facts. Someone said, I love Nevin. Me too. Um okay. So again, that is tonight. Uh it is a one-hour show. The the streamable part, it's uh six to seven. We do I'm just gonna let you guys know it's very impromptu, so it's Almost entirely commercial free. It's going to be me and Lefko on the red carpet, literally just pulling people that we see. Uh, If I see Griffey, I'm just going to grab him will I be arrested and tased? Maybe. But I'm just going to try to get him to talk to us. I make no <laughs> promises, though. But we'll try to talk to all of these people um, and, and talk about so many of these awards. And so, yeah, we're just, it's going to be very impromptu just trying to speak with as many local sports stars as we can. So tune in to hear that. Uh, hyperlocal show. Great if you're a fan of all sports here in Seattle. Uh, the show will be streamed live on SeattleSports.com. It'll also include special guests from the Seattle sports community. You are listening to Bump and Stacey on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports We are heading to the Combine. Not us, but Bob Condotta's already there, and we're going to ask him what he's seeing and hearing. Don't go anywhere.